Our culture might be telling you that your small daily choices don't matter, but every daily sip, bite, song, walk, prayer, chat, and snooze doesn't amount to nothing. It amounts to eternity. Welcome to the Daily Nothings Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Roach. Let's dive into what our world thinks means nothing. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Nothings Podcast, where me, Courtney Mae Roach, takes over your ears for 45 minutes to an hour every single week with great zeal, joy, and courage. Megan, she is also on the mic in Hi. Indianapolis, Indiana, reporting live and doing the exact same thing. <laughs> Megan, how are we today? We are good. It is actually sunny here in indiana which is not well usual. that's a shocker i know it's a shocker no. for february so we'll take it and so it makes me happy i'm so glad wait i didn't know that we as always were talking on the phone before this podcast and i was really rubbing it in her face mm-hmm. that colorado is bright 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 bluebird day today yeah and it's like 65 degrees and it's february 11th it's very weird but it's like okay springtime you're here yeah and now i don't feel as bad because indiana has a little bit of that too is yeah. it warm there no it's like it's not quite 50 degrees so definitely okay a little not chilly, bad. but way better than a usual february here in indiana yeah gloomy doomy wow i'm so glad yeah. well okay if you're new here i'm megan this is courtney <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is the real deal. Okay, broadcaster voice aside, I kind of got punched in the face this afternoon by the Lord in prayer, and I'm still coming off of it, and it was really beautiful. But you know when you're like in a deep place in prayer, and then you're like, I, me and my melancholic temperament, I'm like, yeah, and I just need to like write about it and like Mm -hmm. be in it and just like sit in it and like, you can't make me raise my voice higher than this octave. (laughs) Don't even try to twist my arm. This is where I'll be all day. Like, that's where I'm at right now. So I'm like trying to turn it on. And I was telling Alexandra, my roommate, about how there's like some days that it's just hard for me to turn it on. And she was like, don't turn it on. Why would you do that? And I was like, duh. So for all the times that I've really tried to turn it on, I apologize. You guys probably can't tell, but I want to be a joyful source of joy (laughs) to you guys. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're just in it and you're thinking deep and you're a little moody. And I think that that's fitting for today's podcast because this is releasing on Valentine's Day, the nationally acclaimed holiday that was, I believe, created by the Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Valentine's Mm. Day was never a thing. Until she decided to do that with her little waffle loving heart, she made it a thing. I believe. I, did I not believe know that. That's so fun. We if were talking true, about this the other that's night. So fun. Yeah, we were talking about this the other night. We had a little Galentine's hangout. Um, was it last night? Yeah, last night. And we were like, there's so many Galentine's celebrations now. Like, it's such a thing and such a vibe and such a tea party that I'm seeing all over Instagram. And it was never like a thing. Until I believe Parks and Rec. And that makes sense because Parks and Rec is an older show. So it's yeah. like it's been around for a while. Right. I personally love Valentine's Day because I am hashtag wounded from Valentine's Day itself. <laughs> so I'll partake in today with joy and red and pink. Yeah. Tomorrow, all black, of course. Um, <laughs> but today... I'm I'm riding and vibing, and I'm a happy camper. I'm I'm a gal. <laughs> Did you hear that squeak? I'm a gal. 
So for me and my gals, <laughs> I am here to be your pal and to dive into the topic of today, which is blame, um, being behind, and the truth of where you're supposed to be in your vocation, which I will get to that later because I want to leave you on the edge of your seat. So yeah, this really came, this came up a lot with Megan and I, this week has been one of those weeks where full transparency, we've had to re-record, we've had to readjust. I feel like Mm -hmm. anytime I talk about dating, it's something that you guys want to hear about the most, but Satan attacks the most too, Mm -hmm. because I want it to be spicy. I want it to be something that you guys are like, she did what? And he did that? (laughs) I'm sorry? Because what does that do? That creates engagement. That makes me more popular. That makes me feel like we're best friends. I don't want that. (laughs) I don't want... To be your best friend, I want to be a source of truth and not something that's just spreading gossip and really making your jaw drop. Although that is fun. That's not going to be this (laughs) podcast. And I had to redirect. I had to rewrite. I had to reconsider. I've written so many documents and it all started (laughs) with therapy on Tuesday. But I've learned a lot along the way with the Lord and I'm really excited for what we're going to talk about today. Um, And so, yeah, I want to start with a little reflection, a little punch in the teeth, if you will. And I'd like you in the privacy of your home and your personal closet, if you're sitting on a closet like me, to just raise your hand for me if you have ever blamed men for your singleness. And I'm just going to do a little Door of the Explorer and wait for you to proceed with action or without, however you'd like. Raise your hand if you have um, blamed a man or any men or all men for your singleness. Amazing. Now I'm going to move on to, have you ever blamed the Lord for your singleness? Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who died for you. Have you ever blamed him for your singleness? I rose my hand twice in the privacy (laughs) of my closet. Um, I'm going to move on to to the next genre of women. Now for all of you out there that might be struggling with infertility or just waiting for your pregnancy to arrive, like... Have you blamed the world for your infertility? Which is very fair. All of these things are fair, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, there's so many chemicals and bad things in the world that can impact your infertility. Like, if you've blamed that, raise your hand. Or if you've blamed the Lord for not giving you a baby yet because you plunged into your vocation, you listened to his will, you got married. There's a lot of suffering and sacrifice and a lot of joy and love there. And you're like, what's going on? Have you blamed the Lord for that there? Or let's take another second here and you're happily married. You have a baby and you blame your husband for your current financial state. You're upset that you don't have that nice house or that you don't feel secure enough to give your baby the things that you really want to. Or you got pregnant a lot sooner than you wanted to in your marriage. And you feel like that you got stripped from what you thought the beginning of marriage would be. Like, where are you blaming in that? Are you blaming the Lord? Are you blaming your husband? Are you blaming yourself? Are you blaming the church for making you get pregnant right away and take that away from you? Like, really take a second with me here and think about where you're blaming. And I know we're getting right into that. And I normally give you a few more chuckles before we get to this deep portion of things. But this is a serious issue. And I I am the queen of Blameville. Um, it's a little city right outside of Denver. <laughs> 
and we have a ball. Um, we 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 like to blame. We like to not take on our own responsibilities. We like to make it someone else's fault. And I really didn't realize this, that I was the queen of such a city until therapy this past week where I was talking about where I'm at currently with dating and a lot of things that I'm confused on that I'm not necessarily going to dive too much into detail with. But just how much I was looking for an explanation of where I'm at in my life right now and what I have, which is I have so much, right? I have so many amazing things, but I am just blaming so, so, so much on men of I'm amazing. I am this hot, spicy, amazing, bold, beautiful Catholic woman who is so humble Right. (laughs) And I should be snatched five weeks ago. I should have been swept off my feet the second I touched down in Denver, Colorado. And I was even thinking about that this afternoon when I was in prayer of like when I left Wisconsin and I made the decision to move to Denver, Colorado, I told myself and I've told Megan this. Yeah, when I move to Colorado, that's where I'll find my husband. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people in Colorado actually do this because a lot of people have said that to me, like the same belief. And I think, yes, it's like naturally because there's a lot of Catholic hotties here and that's okay. (laughs) But it's just like, I think that we do that in certain situations. And like, there was nothing in prayer, but the Lord was like, yes, your vocation is in Denver. (laughs) He was not like this clear... Like, there were no clear guidelines there from God. There was a clear call to move to Colorado because of my dreams that I have in life. And those things have happened. Those things have blossomed because the Lord brought those things up. But when it comes to my vocation, it's like crickets. And I'm over here like, what's up, Lord? You know? And this is why. Okay? There's so many reasons that you can fall into this belief that you're behind and that you're blaming others because one I'm putting myself out there like crazy I'm constantly throwing hankies at people's faces I'm constantly making it known that I want to be dating that I want to be set up that I want to go on a date I'm on dating apps I'm off dating apps I'm torn about dating apps at the point at this point in my life to be entirely honest and that's an entirely other topic for another day but it's just like there's so many things there and I'm blaming because I'm like it has to be someone's fault that I am here and it has to be someone's fault that I am here in this place because I'm behind schedule. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be single. This is wrong. I'm 27. That's behind. That's, that's way behind schedule. Everyone in the Catholic church gets married and has kids at 24. That's the sweet zone. Okay. Like you either die in the 24 club with the saints or you get (laughs) married and have children. Those are the two (laughs) options, right? And it's just like, it's so ridiculous that that is the expectation that we put on ourselves because my therapist said something so duh, but also wow and jaw dropping to me when I was explaining all this to her and unpacking this belief that I am like behind, very, very behind and very, very much blaming it on others, including the Lord. And she goes, Courtney, you're not supposed to be married right now. Period. You're not supposed to be married right now. 
And obviously, we've heard those types of statements of like, you're not supposed to be married or you're not supposed to have those types of funds yet for your family or Mm -hmm. or you might not ever. Right. Same with like my vocation and this desire to be married. You might not ever have kids. You might not ever get pregnant or you aren't supposed to be right now. You know, like Mm -hmm. these are really, really nauseating truths that are in like the deepest of bowels that you just don't want to address because they literally make me want to puke. Like the thought of never getting married or the thought of getting married so very late, which again is not late (laughs) that's the thing like if if i it's like i can't even get past that one script like if i were to get married at 34 i would believe that it's late but why yeah like why is that late it doesn't make any sense when did we get here it's crazy to me that we believe that that's late that we are putting titles of blame and behind on the lord's will for us Like the Lord is giving us this gift of like, this is where you're at right now. And I'm saying, well, it's someone's fault because you're wrong. This can't be right. This is all the men's fault. Like I clearly am not proceeding in your will, Lord, because these men are absolute idiots, morons. (laughs) Please make them grow up. I do not understand. Look at me. Okay, and I'm literally saying things like that to him and I'm justifying that after dates of saying, yeah, well, you know what? Men have always been little immature shitheads and they always will be. So this is just the way that it's going to go, isn't it, Jesus? At least you love me. Like what on earth? How did I get here? How did dating become this thing and this tone with my love and my savior who literally can't get enough of me? Like he. Oh, my gosh. When I really think about how he loves us. I love when it punches me in the face in the little closet that I'm in my sweatpants in. (laughs) He loves you so, so, so much. Oh, my gosh. And I this is what I was praying about earlier today, too. Yeah, I was praying with um, these really, really wise words from my friend, Father Logan Parrish. And he gave the homily at my best friend McLean's wedding. And it was about petals, flower petals, which if you know me, wink, wink. That is, as as Taylor Swift would like to call an Easter egg. Someday you'll know how much petals <laughs> means to me. But this is everything, like, to me. The concept of flower petals. Yeah. And Father Logan had this little bundle of roses at um, the wedding. And he was praying and he was talking in the homily. And he had these little, like, truly, like, little heads of roses. Like, the whole head of the flower without the stem. And he would pick up little petals off of the rose and he would say, the Lord, not would say, he did say, he said, the Lord doesn't want to love you petal by petal. And he dropped petals and those petals were beautiful as they fell, right? He said, the Lord wants to give you everything. He wants to give you everything. And I asked the Lord to reveal himself to me when I was in the chapel earlier today and I didn't know how he would reveal himself, but that those words from that homily very clearly came up in my mind. And I just started weeping and I said, well, then why haven't you given me everything? God, why haven't you given me everything? I've sat here and I have watched so many people receive everything in my head, right? Like everything to me. Right. I've watched Megan get married and pregnant and have a beautiful baby girl. I've watched McLean get married to a man that is unbelievable. 
and have a beautiful home and marriage with him. I've watched and been a bridesmaid for too many women that I can count, all that I love so much and that I would give everything for and support them in every way that I can. And I just keep supporting and I keep showing up and I keep doing everything for them. And you won't give everything to me. So clearly you love me less than them. And I don't want to believe that lie, but that's all I can believe because that's what's happening. So prove yourself, you know, like this Mm -hmm. very authentic tone with Jesus of just like, what is up then? Why aren't you giving me everything? And he didn't give me any clear answer. But one thing that really came up in my mind was how distorted and disordered my life is right now. Because, yeah, I fasted from alcohol and dating apps for the month of January because those two things were turning me into someone that I didn't want to be anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to fast from them. And I'm still figuring out my relationship with dating apps. I have no idea where I'm at with that. I'm taking it slowly. Alcohol, thanks be to God, has shifted. (laughs) And I am very much in a healthier place with that. The Lord wants to transform us when we fast from things and deny ourselves, right? But it's just, it's, it's truly fascinating because still dating and vocation, no matter how much I want it to not be this way, is at the forefront of my mind way more than I'd like to admit. And it's, it's a lot, it's a lot (laughs) to do with fear. It's, it's not something that is like this joyful anticipation for the invitation to come from the Lord. It's, it's fear, it's grasping, it's, um, zero surrender and a whole lot of pride. How can I be prettier? How can I get hotter? How can I become more desirable? What can I do to fix this situation? Right. And we all fall into that of, I need to do this, 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 and this because the Lord isn't doing anything. And I'm stressed out because we're behind and the assignment is due next week. And I have to get this project completed. So I'm going to take charge because my group leader is not doing the job and we've all been there. Okay. If you've ever been in college with a group assignment, you know how this is, but the Lord is not this group. He's not this group leader that needs to deliver the project by its deadline. You're not behind. How many times do I have to say it? And I'm saying this so, so, so much to myself, too, because I'm realizing more and more as time goes on with this podcast that I am obsessed with delivering truth and inspiration to all of you. And then I take my own advice and I leave it in my closet and Mm. I close my door and I keep moving on with my life. And I really want to get rid of that habit because it's not cool. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord is teaching me things, too. And I'm really, really, really trying to believe this with y'all. You are not behind. If you get married at 34, you're not behind. You didn't do it late. You're, you're, you're loved. The Lord is protecting you and loving you. You're not behind. He has, but he has the entire plan set out and he's not stressed out about it. You're doing it exactly the way that you should be. And I really believe that we think we're doing something to impact our desires. That's causing it to be delayed. You know? Yeah. Like, I actually believe like, oh, well, my prayer hasn't been that good lately. So clearly I'm not going to receive my husband until my prayer is better. He's not a genie. Mm-hmm. That's not how he works. Yep. Period. Like he will make it happen in his timing. Say it with me. Like he will make it happen in his timing. He sees your efforts. He sees your bridesmaids dresses piling up. He sees your tears at the end of another wedding that no one talked to you at. He sees your tears when you end it with the hinge guy that really sucked. 
(laughs) He sees your tears when you go on an amazing date and it doesn't go anywhere. Let's shift gears to another chapter. He sees your tears when you really think you're finally pregnant and you're not yet. He sees your tears when you're anticipating that big promotion for your job to come in so that you can financially support your family more as a new young couple. And it doesn't work out. Like he sees all of these things and he doesn't love you any less when they happen. When you look back on your life, there is so much that happened that got you to this point. Like I was thinking about my dating story which actually I'm just going to share with you guys now because I really feel like I'm not going to share it in a lot of detail because I want to share with prudence, but like there is so much that has happened that has got me to this point that I, it's wild, you know? Yeah. It's so insane. And I truly was looking back, I was looking back on my dating story with Megan and Many of you, there's only a very, very small few of you that I know that listen to this podcast that actually have known me through all of these phases. And I just think it's so crazy how like in that moment, like in so many points through your dating story, we all have one. We always think that we've figured it out, right? Like we finally figured out what the Lord has to do. And yeah, you just, you think that you figured it out. You think that you have finally found that one person, right? Like, let's take it back to Courtney in, gosh, what year would it have even been? I was, how old, what year would it have been, Megan, when I was 15? You're the one with numbers. Um, Maybe like 2011. (laughs) story problem. Wait, let's, okay, this is easy. I graduated high school in 2014. So it would have been 2011? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 2011 2012 definitely 2012 oh my gosh because i listened to country music playlists and rap music playlists from 2012 and i get so emo you know what else came out in 2012 (laughs) red by taylor swift the original one and i was a mess but it's just crazy (laughs) because okay let's take it back to that courtney's at oak hill high school in converse indiana go eagles okay y'all know it if you're an eagle soar high I know I got a few eagles out there in the audience. Anyway, so I'm an eagle. I'm a proud eagle. (laughs) And my world was, again, like I've shared before, being the cute girl that wore the high-waisted jeans and was different. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also fell hard for this guy that went to high school with me. And if you know, you know. I'm not going to say his name. Um, What should we call him? let's call him let's call him chad that's perfect okay i love it that's perfect we'll call him hot chad um (laughs) and yeah hot chad caught my eye he had shaved his head he was on the football team and he had shaved his head into two mohawks okay and you wonder how can one have two mohawks (laughs) well you shave the sides of your head and then you leave two rows of hair and then you shave down the middle and I saw him when I was 15 and I thought what an absolute idiot (laughs) (laughs) I was like that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen and I told him that later on in life but then fast forward a year I was 16 and we had started dating I had just gotten an iPhone we were waiting for him to get his so that we had blue messages and can send emojis life was simpler (laughs) back then Instagram was used to edit photos and 
Applebee's was the coolest place you could ever go, and I was obsessed with Bonnie Vare back then, just like I am now, because yes, I have always been that cool. And mm-hmm. I was also severely obsessed with Drake's album, Take Care. Um, mm-hmm. I also listened a lot to Hunter Hayes and Blake yes. Shelton. Oh um, I just, wow. I miss high school. Yeah, <laughs> Let's ouch. be honest. Why are you doing this? It was so fun. And like going to the basketball games with him and him showing up and like flirting with me in the student section, hoping that he would invite me to B dubs after the game. And, you know, it's just like it's fun. And it was those years I'm learning are like the most transformative years of your life like 14 to 16 like you learn so much especially about love and hormones there that makes perfect sense right Mm -hmm. and I fell so hard so fast and this is because I am to this day probably one of the most romanticizable people you'll ever meet (laughs) I can make anything cute I can make anything desirable and that is something that I love about myself and very very much hate about myself (laughs) because it makes things so challenging is breakfast every morning the most sexy part of my day it is because I love to smash an avocado on some sourdough everything bagel flavored toast but That also really kicks me in the arse, you know what I mean? Because I am so quick to fall in love, and it sucks. And I was 16, and I fell so fast, I tripped over his double mohawk. I mean, it was completely (laughs) astonishing. And so we dated, and we dated, and we dated, and we dated, and we fell for each other, and it was so cute. And honestly, we had a really, really adorable relationship people loved us and that didn't help because every people were fans you know like we had like a oh i almost said the name of the day because it was our names combined together but let's just say it would be like a chadney day um we like mixed our names and we like celebrated that day and would go to indianapolis and go shopping and get ice cream and just like drive around and listen to j cole together all the time and it was just cute and life was simple right and newsflash, we're not still dating, so it definitely <laughs> didn't end well. Um, it was very challenging for both of us, you know. It was our first relationship for both of us, and I know that we all have that first love, and it really transforms your view on things. It really, it really does. Like, thinking back on it, I learned so much from Chad. <laughs> I learned so, so yeah. much from Chad. And Megan has done this before. I think I told this in the um, Taylor Swift podcast where Megan and I in college would drive around and we would listen to we would listen to Taylor Swift and like play the song that reminded us of the boy. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. this? I think yes. I, I think I talked about that in that podcast. Yeah. And we both like I remember you and I don't know if you want to share any of this because you're you've gotten a lot more wisdom in regards to men being married to an amazing man that is Jake. <laughs> but you learned so much from those dudes. I remember. Yeah. Like Megan at one point was juggling a lot of men. <laughs> I don't. Jake's favorite memory. (laughs) It's Jake's favorite memory. You know what's so funny? I'll just say this: I never had a real boyfriend or anything until Jake. No one had really asked me out. Whatever. That's crazy. Wait, I actually forgot that. Yeah, and then my senior year of college, right around then, like twelve different men were pursuing me at different times in some capacity. It came out of nowhere truly nowhere and it was during my conversion i had become catholic during that time and zoe oh my gosh she goes well it's probably not you it's probably because the eucharist is now in you and all the men are 
you know, seeing Jesus in you. I'm like, you That's know what? the Thanks, most Zoe. Zoe thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Zoe was our discipler in college. We've mentioned yeah. that before, but just as a reminder. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that yeah. the funniest thing you've ever heard? It's just so, that's so accurate. That really takes me back to memory yeah. lane is a fun place to be, yeah. especially around Valentine's Day. I hope y'all are enjoying this. Oh my gosh. But we yeah, have like, a Valentine's learn- Day story too. We can save that maybe for next year. <laughs> but Oh, wait. Are you talking about the one with you and Jake? Well, yeah, kind of in like the Valentine's dance or not dance, but like where the men the made all the food. Yes. And yes, we got all ready. Yes. We got all dressed together. Oh, that was oh. so fun. Oh my gosh. Let's yeah. just share it for the sake of memories. We basically every year our Newman Center are like... It wasn't a Newman Center. Indianapolis is so strange. St. John, the Evangelist Catholic Church, is this massive, stunning, gorgeous church. It's the oldest Catholic church in the city of Indianapolis, where heritage and hope meet. (laughs) That's what they say at the beginning of every Mass. But it was like our Newman Center, because we didn't have one, because the school is downtown Indianapolis. And... We always had this Valentine's dinner where all of the men would cook a very, very mediocre spaghetti dinner, (laughs) and every girl would get dressed to the nines and go and just hope that there would just be some spark (laughs) that would ignite. (laughs) And Megan, in particular, was especially looking forward to this dinner Mm -hmm. because... Yeah, we just like, again, me romanticizing things. I got together our Bible study, or I guess I should say discipleship chain. Yeah. And it was a group of four people, four girls. And we all went to Francesca's, our favorite college spot. Mm-hmm. And we all picked out new Valentine's outfits. And we yeah. got new skirts and new heels and new jewelry. And we just yeah. went all out. And then we all came to my house that was in the hood of Indianapolis. But for some <laughs> reason, the most popping place of ministry that yep. you could ever find. And we all got dressed and we listened to like Beyonce or something and powering and we got dressed and we all went to this dinner and Megan was just so excited to see the Jake Day. I shared this in my maid of honor speech. Yeah. And Father Rick loved it. Oh my gosh. He was laughing so hard. Our parish priest, he's still there. God bless that man. But um yeah, it was just so funny because she just wanted Jake's attention so badly. And he gave her a rose that day, just like on The Bachelor. We were like still going it was back really and forth, cute. like, does Jake like me or not? And he gave you the rose. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, ladies, I think he likes me. <laughs> okay, ladies, now let's get information. Okay. I really think something is here. <laughs> yeah. So and then cute. they got married. Yep, it's amazing. It really is amazing. Here we are. Um, but what I really want to point out with all of this is with the little side tangents, you learn so, so much from your past relationships. I learned so much from my relationship with Chad. Like, so, so much. I was only dating him for, like, seven months, I believe, seven or eight months. And that's, like, everything when you're in high school. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, after that, we really were just a hot mess for both of us, like, each other. Like, we just couldn't let go because we were so confused about Mm -hmm. what we wanted. And it was really hard for both of us. And there was a lot of hurt and a lot of confusion that lasted for about... Gosh, six years, is it? Like, a long time. Um, And then it ended in a really, really, really deep, beautiful moment of forgiveness when we were both focused missionaries and wept together on the campus of the University of Mary (laughs) and went through every single situation over the past six years and apologized to one another and truly just wept together because there was so much hurt and wrong and good that happened in that relationship from 15 
at Double Mohawks to <laughs> 23, 24 years old when everyone else was getting their ducks in a row and getting married and engaged. And I was really just encountering forgiveness for the first time. Yeah. And then moving on from there, going into my first year as a focused missionary, like so much of this like dire need for a dating fast, which is something that focus requires for all missionaries to go through. That is a very hot topic mm-hmm. in the focus land of <laughs> opinions. Mm-hmm. But it was really good for me because I needed to take a minute and actually heal and really process what had just happened yeah. in my love life and what the Lord wanted me to learn. And so I took even more intentional steps with that. I went on a healing retreat, the Healing the Whole Person retreat with a dear friend, and I prayed through it and the Lord wanted to heal me. And he, I mean, so much happened there. And if you have experienced a lot of hurt from a relationship that might've been toxic or maybe wasn't even that toxic, just like really cut deep, I beg you to believe that the Lord is able to heal you. Like he is able to invite you into a really gorgeous image and like do you here (laughs) do you believe actually that we are serving the same god that we did in the new testament like when he was performing miracles or when you're watching the chosen and you see jonathan rumi portray jesus in this beautiful light and you watch a miracle happen on the show do you say oh my gosh that's amazing that was so cool and you get a little like teary and you get some goosebumps and you move on with life? Or do you really take a minute and go, that's my God. That's my Lord. That is who I'm dealing with. That is who I'm working with. That is who I am falling in love with or fighting to fall more in love with every single day. That is who will provide my vocation, whatever it may be. That is the same God that we are dealing with. He has not changed and he never will. Because I really think that we diminish him and we put him in the box of a dating app of this is just the way that it is. I have to meet someone this way, even though I hate it and I feel so pulled away from it. This is just the way that the world is or men just don't pursue anymore. They don't know how. So I have to put myself out there to the point of nausea (laughs) because (laughs) the Lord can't provide a man to just walk up to me. I was talking with my friend Ashley last week and we were talking about how and she's just this total knockout right such a babe crazy that she hasn't been swept off yet you know she just Mm -hmm. recently was by my good friend and she was like i didn't understand it i was having priests set me up with people i was having priests talk to men for me they wouldn't do anything i would throw myself at men and really make it obvious that i really wanted to date them they would do nothing over and over again i was so confused and then finally something's actually stuck with one of my good friends here in denver and it's awesome But she was telling me, she was like, it's just about the Lord's timing. Like, we have to believe that he's got this in all areas of waiting. Because one of her good friends has great faith. I don't remember her name. It's probably a good thing. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. share her name on the podcast because I don't know her at all. And Mm -hmm. she is extremely introverted. Extremely introverted. And she basically was like, Lord, I am terrified of putting myself out there, but I feel very called to marriage. I believe fully that you will deliver my husband to my front doorstep period i believe it and when when you hear that did your stomach go oh come on honey you have to put yourself out there Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's insane you can't do that because that's where my brain goes every single time i share this story of like well good on you um that's unrealistic no it's not the lord walked on water the lord literally made crippled people that couldn't walk at all stand up and walk away like he can do anything he's god 
And guess what? He delivered her husband on her back doorstep at a barbecue where some random person bought, brought some random guy and now they're married and have kids. <laughs> it's because we don't have faith, y'all. Hello. We have no faith in our Lord. And so this is the final nugget that I really want to just send you off into Valentine's Day week with or whenever you're listening to this. Last Sunday, I went to church and I've really, this is confession, honesty, alert. I've hated that I've become a Sunday mass goer and that's it because I'm so convinced, like not convinced, convicted. There's so much more to that. I never wanted to become that. I was a missionary, you know? I had my ducks in rows. I had many ducks in many rows. I was (laughs) killing it. And I've become a Sunday mass goer. And I care so much about producing content on Instagram and podcasts and everything. It's like, oh, intimacy is at hand, man. We got to get into that on another topic. We're going to talk about that more in next week's um, podcast, which I'm really excited about. That we also, Newsflash, will be having Father Logan on, who is the man that gave that beautiful beautiful, beautiful homily reflection that I shared earlier in this podcast. We'll talk more about that later. But (laughs) we were in mass. I was like, Lord, how did we get here? How is it that I am a Sunday mass goer? I'm so disappointed in myself. I need to be better. When you say Sunday mass goer, you mean only Sunday mass goer, right? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Thank you for that extra clarity. My, my producer and agent, (laughs) Megan. Um, Yeah. Like I'm going to Sunday mass and that's it. Like I'll go to the chapel maybe once a week. I'll go to mass maybe once a week on top of that. But outside of that, we're praying in my bed and we're going to mass and that's it. Am I still a beloved daughter of Christ? I sure am. But I also Mm -hmm. want to be doing more because I love my Lord. Right. Mm -hmm. And the homily was all about salt and light and how Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. If salt loses its flavor, it has no purpose than to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. Like a light cannot be put under a bushel basket and needs to be shown on the top of a mountain or whatever, right? This is all ad lib. Yes, I did just quote scripture from memory. I know. I'm amazing. (laughs) You go, girl. I have got to check my pride. I did it. I did it. I quoted a scripture line from Matthew. Um, (laughs) But yeah, he was talking about that and he was like, there are so many people. My parish is such a pop-in community, especially for Catholic dating. Like, it's really nuts. <laughs> and I feel like there's just so many young people, and we all want to get married. And he was really hitting on that. And he was like, regardless of your vocation, regardless of if you're dating, engaged, married, single and confused, feeling called to priesthood, feeling called to the religious life, feeling called to the consecrated life, an active priest, an active nun, a child, Regardless of your current vocation, first off, you're in a vocation. I am supposed to be single right now. Megan is supposed to be a mother of one right now. Does she feel the pressure? Sorry to speak on behalf of you. Does she feel the pressure to already get pregnant again? Sure thing. Sure thing she does. Do I feel the pressure to get married and have a kid in the next six months? Sure thing. Sure do. Is that possible? No. It takes nine months to create a baby. But that is the pressure that I feel. And... Yeah, regardless of your current vocation, your only purpose in your vocation is to be salt and light, period. You are called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And if you are doing things that take away your flavor, 
that take away that saltiness that you've been given as a baptized daughter or son of Christ? Rearrange things. Get your ducks in a row, (laughs) just as like I feel convicted to do so. And be salt. Have flavor. Show up and bring the flavor. (laughs) Like, it is so essential that we be salt in this world. Like, we have to. We have to have salt and we have to have flavor and only flavor can come from Christ. If salt loses its flavor, it has no other purpose than to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Obviously, that's a parallel in comparison of us being thrown into hell and trampled underfoot. And we don't want that. Nobody does. But that's the reality of it. And if we continue to do things that cause us to lose our flavor, we're just pulling ourselves further and further away from our true vocation. And that is not oh, I have, to, I have to be salty so that I can find a man, so that I can mm-hmm. be a good mother, so that I can be more wealthy, so that I can be whatever, right? No, it's just to be salt. End of sentence. Yeah. You are called to be salt, and you are called to be light. And I, saw, I, I sat in this like meditation. I was praying with this um, two days ago. And I was like, okay, let's paint a picture here. I love an image. Picture yourself sitting in a dark basement that's so cold and so dark and so quiet that you can't even see your hand in front of you. Eating a bland pasta dish Mm. has no flavor. That is torture to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To be eating by yourself a dish that has no flavor in complete darkness. No. Like, not dimmed light. Darkness. You are called to be light and to be flavor because those things make life good. And you know who makes life good? The Lord. And when you unite yourself to the Lord and you live in that salt and in that light that you have been called to be exactly where you are right now, everything will be okay. Everything will work out. And I really beg you to join me in focusing more on being salt and light than being single, than being motherless Mm -hmm. or not motherless, (laughs) childless, than being unhappily married, than being whatever, you know, like wherever you're at and wherever you're sitting in this, like, I just hate this part of my life. I can't believe this is real. I hate this. Shift that rage, shift that frustration or just like. What's the word that's really, really severe hope? Despair. Shift that despair. Mm -hmm. I mean, not severe hope, severe lack of hope. Um, Shift all of those things with me as I fight to shift it towards what is truly important, which is to be salt and light every single day. So what Mm -hmm. can you do? What can you rearrange? What can you shift as we enter into this week that many love and many hate? Mm -hmm. To be salt and light. Period. Like... All of this goes together. All of those moments of my past, of relationships, of letdowns, of excitements, of joys, they've all taught me and led me to a deeper reality and understanding of being salt and light. And maybe you know someone that's just stuck in the gunk. Maybe they're just stuck in a bad relationship, stuck in a bad breakup, stuck in a bad marriage, whatever it may be. Maybe they're stuck there. Send them this podcast and help them shift their gaze to what you're actually called to. And it's just a simple call of being salt and light and being Christ's disciple and being his beloved and living in that reality every single day. It takes the pressure off, doesn't it? Like it, it, it feels like yeah. such a different responsibility 
like, it's not my responsibility to go out and find my husband after this podcast mm-hmm. recording. It's my responsibility to go on with my plans for the day and be salt and light. Mm-hmm. Groovy. Let's do it. I love salt on a margarita. I love mm-hmm. a sunny day with a salty margarita. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to go do that after this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, yeah. That was yeah. a bit of a TED Talk podcast, Megan, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh, no. I thought that was great. And I, what I was thinking about was, like, what's the opposite? And because it's kind of like, okay, be salt. It's kind of like, okay, how? Well, I'll tell you how, not how. Like, when I feel like I face despair, I immediately want to go to, like, numbing. And mm. I feel like things that take away your saltiness. Like, I feel like if you scroll yeah. for a half hour afterwards, yeah. think, yeah. <laughs> like... The amount of flavor that is lost from me is like tenfold. It's like it is numbed yeah. me out. It's taken away anything good in my totally <laughs> anything totally. And, yeah, or like I love binge that. eating, or like yep. wanting to go to a source of comfort, or just laying in my yep. bed not doing anything, sleeping too much. Yep. All of those things yep. I feel like take yep. away the saltiness. Yeah, and the those are great examples. The world, and so yeah, I don't know. All of those things are going mm. through my mind when you were speaking. Yeah. Kind of like, okay, practically, how do you be salt and light in the world? Yeah, and right. Yeah, obviously prayer yeah. and intimacy with the Lord. But I think going right. away from those things that numb is a really good start as well. Yeah. And we all have our own personal triggers with those mm-hmm. things. Like you need to reflect on your woundedness and where you need to shift things. That's why I'm in this weird place with dating apps of like, okay, I feel like dating apps are causing me to actually lose my flavor a little bit more instead of put myself out there and gain flavor and be this bold light, you know? So I might, I might reconsider that or I really, really have a severe addiction when it comes to binging television. I love doing it. I look forward to it constantly. This is a great season for you to reconsider and figure out, okay, what is that area that's really causing me to become bland? Because the last thing I want to be is a bland Catholic. Mm. I'm going to focus on those things and I'm going to enter into Lent with that. And I'm going to go into the desert with that. Like, this is a great time. I mean, Lent is like a week out, you know? Um, So really think about those things with me. Think about how you can be late more and let's freaking change the game. Y'all let's not be bland Catholics anymore or bland in our vocation, our current vocation. So I believe that is all I have for you this week. Next week, we are so, 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 so excited to have Father Logan Parrish on the podcast. He is so wise. He loves the Lord and he loves to remind us that we are loved by God. Mm -hmm. So we're going to dive into that. We're going to talk a little bit about Lent. It's going to be beautiful. I honestly might shed a tear on my microphone. He always (laughs) makes me cry. He just knows God. You know, a priest that knows God is literally a gift from heaven. It is so good. And so I'm really excited for that. Um, And yeah, let's just keep praying and moving and grooving and sharing and liking and subscribing and all of the things that I always say at the end of the podcast so you know what to do (laughs) and um, yeah I think that's it I think that's it all right happy Valentine's Day go eat a (laughs) waffle for Leslie Nope and drink an iced coffee for me okay (laughs) Illy go be awesome (laughs) bye (laughs) bye